Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. Now more than ever, digital marketers and retailers have a wealth of first-party data on consumers. Or at least they should. Different podcast. However, providing an authentic and unique e-commerce experience for audiences continues to prove difficult. On this episode of the Voice of Retail, I'm joined by Frank Ferris, the CEO and founder of XGen AI. We talk about the chronic pains of contemporary digital retail marketing and the challenges of effectively and efficiently targeting potential customers. Learn about the innovative workings of XGen AI and how Frank and his team had to reinvent the wheel to get the cutting-edge platform they run today. Their AI drives autonomous and real-time product recommendations with the goal of providing a true one-to-one digital shopping experience that is as dynamic and as unique as each individual customer. Let's explore the potential that lies at the intersection of retail and artificial intelligence. So for us, we took it a step further by saying, hey, you know, every time someone does something, we're going to send that directly to our our AI engine and we're going to get the, the AI engine's prediction in real time. Let's listen in now. Frank, welcome to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Michael, thanks. Uh, really appreciate you having us on here and I'm doing great. And yourself? Uh, I'm very good, thanks. And uh, it's great to great to meet you, uh, so to speak, virtually. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Neil Weitzman, uh, who introduced us, uh, the great Neil Weitzman. So uh, thanks. Shout out to Neil and, and uh, looking forward to learning all about your business. Now, where am I talking to you? Where am I reaching you today? Uh, currently, I'm in Tampa. I just got back from Europe uh, 48 hours ago. All right, just getting just getting the customers. Is that where uh, your company is based? Is that where you are based? And talk about that a bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're based in the United States. Obviously, we're a U.S. company. Um, mm-hmm. We just we have a lot of traction in Europe, specifically with luxury. So it's dragging oh, me out there a lot these days. All right, interesting, interesting. Well, we'll get into all that, but let's say uh, we've kind of jumped in, but let's let's take a step back. Uh, tell me about yourself, your professional journey, and your role at XGen AI. Yeah, perfect, great. So. Uh, I grew up in England. Um, I have always been, you know, tinkering in computers my whole life from building computers at a young age with my friends, you know, hacking, uh, hacking together, uh, overclocking machines to play video games and all kinds of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that career path really took me into a, a hardware journey for many years of my life. Um, then kind of system architecture and design for actually live shows. I was in that for many years uh, doing broadcast like the NFL draft from a tech perspective, um, hmm. you know, some other cool, fun, exciting events. And yeah, live um, without a net, that stuff, I actually, you know, I, I spent a bunch of years at uh, the shopping channel, which is like a QVC or HSN. And cool. um, people just don't, you know, generally, uh, even in the, in the tech world, the broadcast world, appreciate, you know, broadcasting for that long, for that live. Wow. It, it, what's, uh, there's a lot of technology that happens and it's, uh, it's quite, uh, it's quite impressive. So that's great. That's a great background for you. Yeah, it's it's, it's you're 100 percent right. It's high demand for sure. No room for mm-hmm. error, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that goes down, there's no uh, take two, right? Yeah, that's right. You're gone. <laughs> you're you're gone. You're off the air. The money's gone. Uh, you're gone. Bye bye. Anyway, so I'm sorry, I derailed you there a little bit. All right. So hardware and and keep going. Tell yeah, me how so, you got into what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting. Um, my sister actually, I have her to thank for my current path. Uh, she. She runs a beauty ch- uh, salon chain in Australia, and she decided to release her own product line. Um, you know, manufacture all these products, really high quality, organic, and they took off in the salon line. And so she started to kind of push on the e-commerce route. And she was having all these difficulties selling on Amazon and online and various other platforms. Um, 
And I was going through a change in my life, transition to a different location. I was like, Hey, let me jump in and see if I can help. And, you know, we managed to, we managed to, you know, increase the performance and, and revenue of those products, you know, thousands of percents in about six months. It really took mm. off pretty heavily. Um, and that, that really got me heavily involved in e-commerce and, you know, retail performance and diving to, into all things associated to that. And, uh, and that was the genesis of XGen. All right. Well, the, and and tell me all about XGen. Uh, what's the origin story? When it started, you give me some background, but tell me about origin story, your scope. You're based in the U.S. Uh, you're doing something fun and interesting with e-commerce. So take a, take yeah. us through. Sure. So XGen AI was kind of born out of this concept of um, I, I had a very unique approach, Michael, to what I considered as you know an e-commerce user should you know the experience should be. I feel like so much of it is focused around like crush selling the individuals, you know, you see it in like ad retargeting, right? Like you, you jump mm. onto something, you see a product and it's like following you around across all your apps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Relevant well, or not, right. Just based on the fact you may be in close proximity to a product or yeah, whatever happened. Right. Exactly. It, it's kind of the mentality. Like if I'm a brand, it's like, you must see my product and I'm going to show it to you until you crack. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> until you say um, uncle, I'm going to, until you say mercy, I'm going to just, you know, yeah, right. So so I've never been a big fan of that kind of methodology. And to me, if you're going to sell a product, you need to service the customer, right? Like you really, you need to understand what their needs and wants are. You need to understand that to the core and you need to be able to drive the right product to that person and the right experience that matches what they're looking for. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, if you're going to sell something, well, obviously you need to find the people that are interested in it. But when you do, you really need to uh, approach it from a perspective of like, hey, how can we service you, right, um, as like the fundamental question. Um, and mixed with the concept, kind of that fundamental hypothesis from day one and blending it with this concept that I noticed that it, in high-volume e-commerce, meaning lots of traffic, this the tiniest changes would make uh, – well, specific ones would make huge impact on the performance of the sales, um, so, you know, taking that kind of philosophy, I ran forward and I started to look at, you know, the subject of personalization, which, you know, is obviously attempting to tailor the experience to a group of individuals, you know, geo-based, mm -hmm. location-based, whatever. Yeah, at least, at um, least try and gang tackle them, right? If you can't do one-to-one. -one, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you know, Hey, fast forward, you know, a couple of decades, websites were like, you know, one person for, a, you know, what one experience mm -hmm. for every single person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I've, I have a funny analogy. I have many analogies, but this one's kind of funny is, <laughs> you, you know, if, if Michael, if you, if you launch a shoe brand, right. And you're sitting in a stadium and you have like a million people looking at you at the center of the stadium, you get up there, you hold up a couple of shoes and you start yelling at everyone buy this product. Right. You're going to capture a certain portion of that audience, obviously, yeah. but, ultimately the potential you're missing out on is massive. Um, and with the advent of personalization it allowed, it allowed you to go, well, first of all, semi replicate yourself and then break the stadium into like seating groups. Like this is your, you know, a chair range. And we're going to put someone that kind of understands a little bit about these people in front of them and pitch them a different product. Right. Um, and it these really are your, these are your red shoe fans, these are your high heel fans, these are your sports yeah. fans. At least, at least some way to what we would call segment or 
or divide them up, right? Exactly. You've got you've got basic segmentation rolling. You've got some kind of uh, user data coming in that you can use to trigger responses. You know, hey, they're 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 these are J- Japan users. They're you know they have a penchant for buying certain products and certain certain price points, certain colors. Hey, we can kind of craft a uh, semi craft a journey for them. You know what I mean? But the, the, the fundamental problem with this is it still bugged me because if you, if you look at it, it's like, well, hold up. If I'm sitting in one of those audience groups, why am I being treated the same as uh, 10,000 people, right? So it's kind of the same problem as, you know, the stadium. You just honestly made it a little bit more complicated and kind of you've 10x your, your complication, but you've, you know, delivered a little bit more increase but you're it, it starts it's a it's a dark path it gets really complicated yeah. you start to micro and macro segment it yeah, does yeah. not end you know what i mean yeah yeah it can get very confusing and expensive and you as you say you run you wind up down a lot of rabbit holes you get a 10x increase in complexity with a 1x increase in sales that math doesn't work right it, exactly and if you and you know kind of fast forwarding it to like real world application if you look at e-commerce teams from like big corporations down to like small startups they don't have time, man. I mean, they, they are like, yeah. they, you know, sales is everything to them. They're either under immense pressure financially or from their superiors. Um, and you can't expect them to spend three months setting up a data strategy and a segmentation strategy and building the logic behind who sees what product and experience. It's just, it's not, you know, it's not workable. Besides the fact that it's, you know, unfortunately, you know, technology has advanced far beyond that point at this, at this day and age, right? So Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the advent of XGen AI was really, you know, we took this, we took that problem and we said, what is the ultimate, what's like the, the knee plus ultra in this solution, right? And we came up with a concept. Um, and I'm not going to lie, it was one of the most challenging things I've ever done to build mm-hmm. that system, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 um, you know, the, the, the key points were how do you treat an individual like an individual? How do you look yep. at what they're doing, understand their needs and wants, look at their journey, um, and then drive not just a unique product to them, but a unique experience. Like if you were to walk into a luxury store, you know, the ultimate luxury experience would be that store, you know, digitally adapts to you. And the sales rep is looking at everything you're doing, understand has 30 years of sales knowledge to pull upon. And, you know, you walk out of there with a bunch of stuff and you're like, that's actually yeah. what I came to look for. I'm, I feel happy. I'm good. I'm not being crushed, sold, et cetera. Yeah. Right. There's a lot going on there, right? Three simple questions, but they're very big questions, right? There, the, and and you know the only the only question that you'd add to that as a fourth bonus question is the meaning of life. I mean, if you put those four together, <laughs> yeah, you've exactly. really got uh, you know some pretty powerful questions, but a bit of a gnarly challenge, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, you know th- th- that that category breaks down to several key problems. You know, following on from that, like well what data do you need to do that? Right. And, and in order to do that, you, you know, people are used to reacting to data, meaning like if they pick up a red shoe that equals in this segment, a blue belt, and that's the logic that's fixed for the next month. Right. But what people don't understand is that a shopper's mind doesn't work that way. It's changing instantaneously. It's being, it's being affected by the very thing that you're showing them the experience. So, you know, the, the, the data methodology, meaning the value you can pull out of the customer data is you're not even tapping into like a decimal percent of its potential. Um, so again, it was like the amount of value you can drive from that is, is instrumental. 
But the problem is, is how do you do that, right? So the, the how, do you, how do you how do you how do you replicate twenty years of sales experience in yeah, a machine, yeah. basically, right? I mean, and, and if you look at this like this hypothetical, super sophisticated sales associate in a luxury store, what are they ultimately doing? They're predicting, right? They're they're like, you know, they pick up you pick up a, a red uh, uh, handbag, and um, you know they're it's a high price point and they're kind of thinking, well, if he, if he puts it down, I'm going to go for mm-hmm. blah next. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, so it was, it, it was a question of how to replicate that in a digital environment, which is incredibly cold and unforgiving. Right. Um, very, I mean, very not, efficient, but not much of, you know, this is the challenge of e-commerce, right? It's, it's very efficient, but it's not exactly a wonderful shopping experience all the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, it, it, it kind of follows along the same path as technology, obviously. It's like you can build one store and invite the, the world to see it, which is, is, seems stupid, in, in, but in reality, that is the power of e-commerce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, the, the unforgiving nature of, you know, if I have 10,000 SKUs up and the average you know, customer time on site for me is like one and a half minutes – the probability of me finding the right product is like um, is not even is not even close to being uh, accomplishable, right? right? So you know, in product discovery, it's like, well, we break it down to categories, we show you know bestsellers and all this stuff, but it's all it's all honestly just patchwork to the entire. It's like going into surgery with a baseball bat, the way I call it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so the scalpel in that scenario became. Well, how do we take each customer, uh, leverage, you know, years of data about this individual, uh, look at exactly what they're doing in a real time environment and adapt the experience only to that customer and exactly what they want to see, but predicting what their next move is going to be. And that's where the, the challenge, well, that is the challenge we decided to tackle it was it was a painful period of my life, Michael. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, you, you're you probably should have started with the meaning of life and worked backwards. It might have been yeah, easier by the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in the beginning as a startup, you know, we literally started in, in like a shed. We right? remember we used to yeah. sit on like milk crates and like yoga balls. Right? It was ridiculous. Um, and we we were trying to put this thing together with like zero money, um, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, so many times it got to a point where it's just like we, the technology, you know, the, like the, the backbone of technology, like the, the services and the servers and the processing power behind what we do is just not ready for this. Right. Mm. Um, but we found a way we had to reinvent the wheel at every turn. Um, and we came up with like a minimum viable product and MVP that was like, Hey, let's test it against like existing methodologies. And the results were, you know, shockingly profound. Mm. And and that was uh, that we took it from there. All right. Well, let, let, tell me about let's let's pull that apart a little bit. So you know, lots of uh, AI folks I talk to say they couldn't do what they do without kind of a cloud based horsepower like servers. Um, mm. So you're probably using that, whether it's Google or AWS. Um, are you using one of those two services? AWS. Are you using yes. Your, your right. AWS. Okay. Uh, so you're using the power of AWS uh, to to run this thing well let's talk about this thing this artificial intelligence and and you know it, it it opens up this great conversation about what exactly is artificial intelligence versus clever programming versus learning right. and, I, and then i got a bunch of follow-up questions but uh, tell me exactly what your product does so i'm a merchant 
And uh, what you've been describing is like, yep, 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 ticking the box. I got those problems and I'd love to do what I do better. How and in what way does your product help me? Yeah, so in a nutshell, we take the customer data for its first first party information, right? So we're first party system. We take we take the first party data, we leverage that in real time to predict mm-hmm. what set of variables are they most likely to engage with, right? So so for before we go too far, just make sure we take the audience with us. Unpack first party yeah. data. Oh yes, what definitely. Is, so, yeah, yeah. so obviously, you know, customer owns a site. Um, you know, customer. You know, sorry, a client owns a, a site. Shoe brand customers come to their site. They get the authorization directly from the customer to, uh, you know, the cookie opt in, opt out, mm-hmm, banner that mm-hmm. everyone sees um, to use that data to better service them. Right. So that's first party versus third party, which is leverage. You know, mother companies like, hey, I'm going to pull this data from Facebook users in order to advertise right. to them. Et cetera, et cetera. So this is actual customer behavior on your website. That's what your everything the platform of data. That's what it's all predicated on. Cool. Yes, exactly. And we we are huge proponents of customer privacy. Um, you know, so so that that was. I mean, it, it is a big challenge in the beginning. To say, hey, how do you leverage just the customer data on site to gain these results? Yeah. And it's not yeah. it's not an easy challenge. Well, and, and and the risk, I guess, is um, it gives you a slightly or, or sometimes a more than slightly incomplete picture to, from which you develop profiles, right? Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, AI is moving at such a fast pace, right? And it's like the, the challenges behind that are immense. And, and when you start to get into like cutting edge, like R&D and saying like, hey, we're going to look at every single relationship of this customer all the elements about the product, the color, the size, all this stuff, and look at all these data points and drive an accurate prediction is is already alone like quite complicated in a SaaS environment. Like, how do you replicate that for every single customer and make it effective? Yeah. But on top of that, we were like, we we took it a step further. We're like, well, we're going to do. I mean, you could do that on a weekly basis, Michael. Right? You you could like cache the perform the results to that prediction weekly for the customer, so their experience would update. Um, you know, it would look like real time, but it's not the intelligence, you know, simply put the intelligence is not updating in real time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, we took it a step further by saying, Hey, you know, every time someone does something, we're going to send that directly to our, our AI engine. And we're going to get the, the AI engine's prediction in real time directly out of that and send it back to them all within like, you know, under a hundred milliseconds. Right. Mm. Um, so that, that was a large challenging component to the system in the beginning. Ultimately we can take any set of variables. Like we can take, okay, so variables are, Hey, you have a bunch of products, right? Mm-hmm. Or Hey, you have a bunch of content or Ooh, we have all these different like sales banners or whatever variables you're dealing with that you're trying to test online. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, our system enables our customers to, basically just optimize the ideal set of variables to that customer multiple times a second. Um, and if you really look at e-commerce, you know, everyone's used to A-B testing where it's like, hey, we're going to take a certain portion of the group, make a change, see what impact it made, you know, wait for two to three weeks for it to hit statistical relevance and say, great, this is this is the change that's going to go static to all of our customers. But if you really look at what we're doing, we're accomplishing that in real time for hmm. every single customer, Right. So the way we look at it is you are optimizing the experience at absolute maximum um, to every single customer. So our concept of the future is that e-com teams and branding teams can focus simply on the products, you know, 
having a better product, looking at product metrics, building better branding, you know, um, getting involved in merchandising and, and more content for the site and letting our engine optimize it individually. You know, and I've heard similar things about this, and it's not easy to do, that reorientation around metadata that fuels engines like yours, right? Predictive mm. engines like yours. So now, okay, so uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm visiting a retailer site, and uh, your engine is working in the background. What, what happens? Do I get taken to different places? Do I get different messages? Tell me the next step. Once, once you, your engine has decided that um, I'm going to be served certain things or taken in certain places, what happens then? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you start interacting with the site. The the what's happening is is between our team and the customer, they have enabled locations on the site that are going to adapt to that customer, right? So, that could that could come in the form of, you know, your atypical recommendation carousel or it could be like mm-hmm. literally a dedicated, you know, wardrobe your wardrobe page uh, or your products for you page that they can click at any time, right? It's just like completely designed for them. Um, so as they move throughout the site, this experience changes, you know, they can go back to the same URL and it's going to look completely different. Um, so, you know, if you look at a customer's journey in like a sequential series of steps, um, every, every kind of step they take, the engine is crafting those specific locations on site to match exactly their needs. You know, ideally if you, if we had an our way, we would, we would take a site and, you know, make a lot of it dynamic, not just certain locations. Right. Um, and we are working with some customers that do have shown for wanting to go that deep, which is very exciting to us because the more you deploy, the more effective the, the site lift gets. So you're, uh, let's talk about the te- let's talk tech for uh, a couple of minutes. So mm-hmm. uh, lots of retailers have sites. You mentioned you'd work with some luxury retailers, for example, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're on a Shopify site. Maybe they're on Salesforce, whatever. Are you yeah. platform agnostic? Are you, uh, do you sit on top? Talk about that. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, we're definitely platform agnostic. We we do have you know we built plugins for the top five, right? Um, to make it simple, but ultimately, yes, we we're we're uninvasive. It's super easy to push in. We do we do treat integrations at the enterprise level um, uniquely because everyone has different challenges, right? Hmm. But the the fundamental the fundamental concept for us is that from a business perspective. Um, Integration needs to be literally as rapid as possible, right? Yeah. So yeah. if if we give you our product, th- there's a bit of distrust in the industry, to tell you the honest truth. One, about, the one line of code sales pitch. Uh, yeah. Been yeah. Pitched a few times. Right? Like, yeah. It's one line of code. It'll be in, you'll be done by the end of the day. And then comes the storm, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but we have, we have spent a significant portion of our lives building systems that can truly integrate lightning fast. In fact, we, we, we stand by our words so strong that we actually will give the integration uh, to the customer for free on a free trial at the enterprise levels. Like, hey, use the system for four weeks. We'll, we'll you know, if, if it takes us a long time to integrate, it's just costing us. It's not costing you, right? So, so we're going to go to the customer and say, look, if, if we're going to run a test on the system, on an A-B test, you're going to take four weeks yeah. Um, or six weeks or eight weeks or whatever. And, you know, your time commitment through approval of the deployment, through integration and setup, uh, we're going to ask for three to five hours maximum of your time throughout this entire time period. That's that's mm. our goal of what we shoot for with every customer. So it's a, it's a pretty light integration. You sit on top of and work with all the big platforms or major platforms. Uh, I'm sure you'd have those details in your site. So 
Great. Uh, you know, one of, one of the challenges I had uh, in the stone age of trying to do this, I was in campaign management and CRM, yeah. is gifting. Gifting would always, you know, as we mm. started, you know, we had a great loyalty program and, and uh, you know, we had millions of members in it and we'd get lots of data. And two things would throw us off, actually. One, um, one would be gifting. In other words, I'm not looking for myself. So the recommendations were, were always slightly off, sometimes really off. Mm. And the, the other thing was understanding in our particular case, the difference between parents and grandparents. And we figured out a hack for that. Um, the hack was grandparents don't buy diapers for their kids, right? right? They go in and they buy other things. So we figured out a, you know, just get sitting around a table and figure that out. How do you think about those things? Like, you know, the noise and the data, in other words, things that look like one thing, but are actually another. How do you, how does your engine start to think through that horse, you know, use that fantastic horsepower and think through those challenges. Yeah. So that's a great point. And it's, it's funny because you hear about challenges like this in various shapes and forms, like all day, every day, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, back, back several years, you do, you did have to respond to those with triggers, right? Like if under this circumstance that happens, like you mentioned, smart programming, then, then, then do this. right? Right. Um, but ultimately the the way we approached it is we we built models meaning ai algorithms in in multiple forms that are designed you know and and i'll give you a caveat there there, there has to be a minimum critical mass of of monthly customer data right you can't right. do this you know for the smaller customers we have to leverage more simplistic models and that's one of the benefit of the xgen system is it's going to maximize the potential no matter how big your data set is right but for the bigger customers, um, we're, we're running like hyper sophisticated models that will literally look at every possible pattern in that data that is imaginable. So if you think of a scenario that would apply like, hey, this product works when you show it to this type of audience under this circumstance, that's, that, that, is, a, that is not a true statement because it is going to work for a certain portion of that audience, Right. So, so the response to that is to say, first of all, make that decision at the individual level. And second of all, um, you know, if, if, if the model is doing its job, which it does, it will, it will visualize that pattern, if that makes sense. Like that, that, mm. the, the importance of that decision and, and the decision process of that, what you just mentioned, will right. be taken into account in the model's decision process. But so does, more, does, it, does it pull together all the behaviors from all the clients of course not sharing any data anonymously and kind of help push out those edge cases so that it just gets better is that is that kind of that that gang tackling again or the entourage effect is that is that happening um yeah i mean it's 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 we we have a very unique confidential approach to doing this in the back end mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. ultimately like the our key is leveraging a massive amount of customer data points right, right on right. on the site and then comparing those to everything we can possibly find about the product right um and then when you start to look at stuff like time of year time of day and all the other variables that go into this um you can start to see, like we've we've seen patterns that just blew customers minds like hey by the way this is the decision process of the engine here's a quick summary of it and they're like wait we've never even seen this before <laughs> yet it is occurring Right. right, and the engine capable of extracting that at each user's level and showing the products, it, it just it generates instrumental lift. I mean, we have you know we're our batting average is anywhere from like eight to twenty five percent incremental A B tested revenue lift month over month. Right, this is mm-hmm. like 
empirical, like right. undeniable revenue lift. And, and you know, that, that's instrumental, right? And this is on an optimized experience. This is not some, you know, crappy, you know, Shopify quick build that's going to require like months of, you know, optimization, right? Right, right. Now you, you've, um, the last question for you, you've, you've been talking to a lot of retailers, sounds like around the world. And, and what, are, what are the retailers, you know, what do they get wrong in those meetings when they talk, think about AI and they think of your kind of predictive power and, and your product? What are, the, what, are the, what are the kind of the myths or things that you go, hey, that's, that actually used to be the case, but isn't the case, or that was never the case, or that might be the case in 20 years? Like what, what are the kind of one or two things that come up most often? Yeah, no, that, I love this question, right? Because, you know, I deal with a lot. And I think that, mm-hmm. I think first and foremost is, um, you know, I, I can understand uh, uh, a non-understanding of, of what's actually happening. It, it is yeah. it is complicated, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there's so many things to understand. And Michael, you get it, but there's so much that goes into understanding what's actually occurring, right? Yeah. Um, well, so well if, they, if, if all the merchants understood it, they wouldn't need... They wouldn't need great vendors like you, right? I mean, they can't be great at everything. This is where this is the wonder, wonderfulness of you know people like yourself who really dig in and and figure these things out, right? Yeah, exactly. And when you know when you talk to these guys, our biggest challenge in the beginning was like actually connecting the dot between the technology and what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. and, and we had a big issue because we would tell people personalization, but that word has a bad taste to some customers. Like, oh, we tried mm-hmm. X platform and. It didn't, didn't work. do anything yeah, for us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, ultimately, and and on top of that, there's a lot of non-transparent. I would put this delicately: non-transparency in the industry, specifically in SaaS, which I'm talking against my own industry, which I shouldn't do. Yeah. But there, there's a lot of like distrust about performance in this industry, hmm. um, and it's because of the methodologies. We we just published an article on Forbes about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the, the, the way that performance is gauged is not technically trustworthy in multiple circumstances, right? So we often have to educate the customer on the different testing methodologies and like, hey, you know, using that way is not mm-hmm. really showing you what's actually occurring, right? So we need to, we have to educate people. And, you know, the first thing we'll tell a customer is like, hey, we're going to run an empirical AB test to reach statistical relevance. We'll validate that on a third party system for you. And, you know, ultimately we should not be working together if we can't generate you left. You're spending money, not for a feature, but for the result of generating more revenue, right? No matter how anyone cuts it about, you know, feature rich and this and that it's, it's not the point. The point is e-com teams need performance and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And that, that, that search for incremental revenue versus, you know, it's this, it's this X, Y axis, how much effort and cost versus how much incremental lift. So, um, you know, that's kind of what it's all about. Well, it's been great. It's a great introduction. Now, uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff. You talked about articles in in Forbes, you talked about, I imagine you've got different case studies and all kinds of different things. Where can people go to learn more? Uh, xgen.ai. Pretty simple. Oh, very simple. And, and you're, are you a LinkedIn guy or what's the best way to get hold of you? I am. I, I'm a LinkedIn fanatic. Frank Ferriston. All right. Very good. Well, listen, Frank, thanks so much for joining me on The Voice of Retail. Great conversation. Uh, I wish you uh, continued success and, and uh, by the sounds of it, safe travels as well. And once again, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Michael, a real pleasure. And it's always awesome to talk to someone knowledgeable in the space. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Voice of Retail. Be sure and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy podcasts so you don't miss out on the latest episodes, industry news, and insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating review 
as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Until next time, stay safe, have a great week. Thank you.